Who's going to start the Katie McCabe rant? Is it going to be me or you, Emma? He knew he messed up the minute the whistle went because he went straight up to Katie and I don't know what he said. I should have started you. I don't think he said that, but he should be saying Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB GAA The Football Pod on Off The Ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 5 of the Football Pod. Delighted to say that we're all back on Irish soil. James O'Donoghue, Jesus boy, you're looking jet lagged. <laughs> As I said, I look worse than I feel. Actually, I don't feel too bad. Right. But I changed my flight to make sure I was home for the pod. Ah, you're so boy. Considering you only did 10 minutes last week, I think you all like. <laughs> nah, great trip now. Great yeah. trip. But... The journey is is tough going. Ten hour flight, like, and then down from Dublin, another four hours. That's the worst part. That's the worst yeah, part. Yeah, leg, isn't it? Like it was. I only did it. I only did an hour of it. In fairness, my father drove drove a good bit, and then my mother drove a bit. So we shared it. That's my good. eyes. Do you know when your eyes are just closing? The glare of the sun off the motorway, and you're going, "Oh, my eyes are gone here." Swallow. Yeah. yeah. So, ten hours. Uh, ten hour flight, and then straight into the car. Dublin to carry. Straight into the car. Yeah. And Stop it, Obama. You're telling me Kerry Airport <laughs> don't have direct flights to Miami. It it just taken off the list, yeah. They used ah, to I'm, you, Kerry you Airport. Should have got Shannon. I'm telling you, the mind your Kerry Shannon, Airport. Yeah. Shannon. Shannon is the place to go, James. Yeah, no, they weren't going direct to Miami. I think you had to go to <sighs> London or something. But a plug for Kerry Airport, right? Honestly, no, that's the best airport in the world. Wow. In the world. But like you, yeah. you're doubling down here now on Kerry Airport. What you get paid for this, like? Hashtag, uh, well, you can go, you can go carry Dublin, yeah, Dublin, Miami, or Dublin, wherever, but it's not worth the risk. Like, if your flight's delayed, like our flight was delayed an hour coming home, so we would have missed, we would have missed the, the pod, the extra leg, and and more importantly, the pod. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look at the these regional airports around the country, all costs are a great deal. I know the Donegal boys used to get the helicopter back to training back in the day, but seeing recently a couple of students who were in college in Dublin are actually getting the plane from Donegal to Dublin and getting a taxi, oh. getting a taxi to college is actually cheaper than driving or getting the bus, which just shows you what we're about. Not a hope is that cheaper than getting the bus. It is. It's been proven. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> Red flying, well, flying and getting a taxi. <laughs> a taxi. It's cheaper Twitter, than the Twitter bus. told me. I'm telling you, from Donegal down to Dublin. Hey, babes, that is yeah. not true. Look at that is we'd nice. we'd be getting we'd be getting <laughs> into the travel <laughs> we'd be getting into travel expenses in a few minutes. But James, you were in America for the last ten days. Your brother's nice. wedding, a great great party, great show. Everything go well? Unreal. Yeah, it was perfect. The first couple of days now were wind was blowing, rain was going. I was like, oh Jesus! And then once we went down to Key West End, which is three hours down from Miami, and the weather was unbelievable. Had the wedding down there. Party town down in Key West, and then we came back up. We rented a car, came back up from Key West up to Miami. I tell you what, they're bad drivers in America. Oh yeah, oh, Jesus Christ! It, every man for himself on the road. Just whoever the, beats the horn the loudest. The other side of the road as well. The other side of the road as well. Yeah, that's not too bad, but it's just like aggressive driving, you know. Yeah, yeah. You just have to kind of take a chance every so often. There's just fellas being pulled in by the cops left, right, and center over there. State troopers. Yeah, no, but it was it was a good experience, but okay, great trip now. Great trip. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, Jimmy, you didn't miss much here anyway. No, good. you didn't. You, you know what you made? Like, you were there. You, you were in the States for that amazing LeBron moment. Yeah. He, uh, he breaks the record. And you're in the States for the Super Bowl last night as well, right? I missed the Super Bowl. I was in, well, our flight was delayed, so I was in the airport for the first quarter. But I, I was only half watching it early. You don't really know what's going on there, do you? No, Mahomes. That's what. That's what <laughs> Tom Brady playing, was he? <laughs> Tom Brady against Dan Marino. Do you stay up but last the, night, Paddy? I I didn't stay up late. No. Okay. I'm trying to. I think I want something to talk about it this morning now. So it's kind of. Yeah, you stayed on for Rihanna, did you? I know. I watched Rihanna this morning now before I headed out. Had it recorded. Like fair play to her. Not easy. Eight months pregnant. Some good her feet up in the air. <laughs> yeah, it was good going. It was fair amazing. play to her. Yeah. But the, with the with the Super Bowl, in comparison to how many people watch the World Cup, it's like absolutely tiny, isn't it? it but Obviously, the, the World Cup is is the way they bang on about it. Like, people all over yes. the world watch the <laughs> American football. 
Yeah, well, that's kind of the way the Americans said it, don't they? World champions. World champions. They're kind of, no one else you know, plays the fuck. The World, the world get, Series. You need to get more viewers in the... So I've I've seven world titles myself. With yeah, I, let's get this going. I think I'm you. Do I'm a world yeah. champion. I've yeah, you are six times more world titles. Than you are. Me. Are you Todd Bowley? Yeah, the Chelsea owner. <laughs> <laughs> the Dublin Colts. Completely Americanized the GA. Yeah, I think. I so. can't wait. Please run in the GA. Uh, I have six more world titles than Messi. That is good going. Though, that yeah. is some going. <laughs> you put it like that. But the <laughs> LeBron thing. The LeBron thing was. Big, wasn't it? Or not? Big everything up. John Terry did the same thing, though, when he retired from Chelsea. Do you remember? He came off after. He was wearing number 26. They took him off after 26 minutes. John Terry thing was a disgrace. And they clapped him off for 26 minutes as well. Was it it a disgrace because it was John Terry? Or was it a disgrace? Yeah, it was worse because it was him. But Moyes, they were playing West Ham. (laughs) And Moyes was like, yeah. Or or Sunderland, sorry. Moyes was the coach. It was one of Moyes' shit teams. And he's going along with it. And the opposition are there like, Clapping them off, like in basketball and with the states, that type of shit happens all the time, isn't it? Like they, it's a big show. But for happening in the Premier League game was you'll never see that again in an English football match. And John Terry of all people, that's yeah. what yeah. Chambles. It kind I of was, strikes I think me. Bridge was Wayne Bridge playing for Sunderland this time? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, there was, there was a hole. It's Sunderland were worse. They're like hang their head in shame. Yeah, like, yeah, clapping them off, asking for an autograph. Like Jesus. It, it does strike me now. Joe Malloy was saying it last week that if if David Clifford ends up breaking, you know, the GA scoring record, yeah. that we should yeah. be stopping the games. But you not know, in ten years down the road, it does strike Joe, me though that Joe, the dubs, Joe. the dubs, the dubs, and Kerry the dubs into this, like. are the only counties that may verge into this commercialism and you know exploiting the brand. If I if I can just pause for a second, that will happen. There have been subs in Dublin GA history who have got incredible ovations coming onto the pitch. That's different. That's a substitution. It takes about 10 Eric, Eric Lowndes. Remember the time he got yeah, a, that, yeah. everyone going crazy around the place for Eric Lowndes? Yeah. He was only warming up. Yeah, he got a celebration. The dubs mistook him. I thought it was Connolly. Connolly. Yeah, they did, yeah. It was against Tyrone, wasn't it? I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But sure, look, we're not going to... That's gonna still not the same thing, Tommy. But I'll I, but tell you what, I would all be for making it a bit more... We've spoken about this before. A bit more showbiz. Yeah, yeah. a little bit of showbiz, yeah. A little bit. A little sprinkling of stardust, never hurt anyone. The LeBron thing, I got it in the States, but that won't happen in, in Ireland. But you're looking at the, the, the Super Bowl thing last night, the show, the event. Yeah, need a bit of that. We do. I think we had the Saw Doctors one time at halftime. That was about it. <laughs> and Dahi oh, O'Shea. Bro Shields, no? <laughs> <laughs> that was the height. That's how big we went. That was big time. Yeah. I think you could stop the game all right for a goal. Did we mention that in the pod before? Oh. Stop the game for 30 seconds for... Like full celebration, like. Well, yeah. Give everyone on your team an all high five and then back at it. If you had a oh, celebration, yeah. James, what would it be? Would it be the sheer arm in the air? Would it be the finger wag? Finger wag. No, it would have to be like a team celebration, like the bowling ball. You know, you get... All, you, li- <laughs> you line all your fellas up like pins and then... Pretend to roll the ball down on him. It, it, it is a sanctioned official <laughs> break for 30 seconds. It has to be a team's celebration. Gladly. Yeah. You need to dedicate time on match week to listen. Sorry, coaches. We need 30 minutes to do our. <laughs> we were going to do yeah. kickoffs tonight, but we're actually doing celebrations. We're the kickoffs later on. The celebration is first. Thanks, <laughs> uh, I'd in, love to see it. I'd love to see it. In all seriousness, it would be nice yeah, if sure. there was a little bit more stock taken in GA records say David Tuberty when he broke the National Football League scoring yeah. record he didn't even know that he was anywhere near breaking it and the journalist came up to him after the game and told him or the day after do you know like it'd be nice that we had a little bit more recognition towards it's a nice him. thing for David Tuberty though no. he is well, everyone definitely. knows definitely but yeah everyone exactly. knows he's the highest scorer and it's fair play to him a nice but he was, there's only that. one league in the NBA there's, there's there's four for us do you know you can't the National Football League get it all going look at it's a story for another day. Football-wise, lads. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The leagues took a break last weekend. It allowed room for the Hogan Cup semi-finals to happen. James, St. Brendan's, the Sem mm-hmm. are into the Hogan Cup semi-finals. Sorry, not the Hogan Cup semi-finals. They're, they've been announced. The provincial winners were announced around the board. St. Brendan's Killarney are up against Summerhill College in Sligo. Bit of a renaissance happening in Sligo football. They won the school's Connacht A and B titles the last couple of weeks. And up... North 
uh, Oma CBS. It was an all Tyrone McCrory Cup final. Oma CBS are playing Nace in the Hogan Cup semi final. Nace will answer again. Yeah. Nace will answer again. So that's one keep in mind. Nace going on there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't been brought back, James, for any guest coaching appearances yet into Brendan's, have you? No, not yet. I must give him a call, actually, see that they need me. But I tell you what, that's you win a Carnivore- huh? when you were there. Did you win the whole no, we won we won the Carnivore, which is the monster. We got we beat um beat that Galway. Who's the massive school in Galway again? Jarlitz. We beat Jarlitz in the semi-final and lost to to Tyrone in the final. But they had a year on us, or they had a half a year on us. We were under 18, they were under 18 and a half. Ah, it actually, it actually, they changed it since I think. This well, is like James that's, and the referee, isn't it? That's obviously always, there's always something to blame. We lost, but <laughs> should have always <laughs> deflect the blame. Yeah, we lost yeah. by a point. It was sick. Oh, the, that, playing that was unreal. Did they play in Croker? No, no, I was sickened. Croker has been done up. We played it in Port Leash, an absolute hellhole for Kerry teams. <laughs> I don't think Kerry team has ever won there. Uh, we were trading that day in Croker we said no we won't, <laughs> we won't release it for the whole final. of all the times they could have done it up like yeah. is this why you hated college football after that then no this why you're so I, set I against love, like, football. love schools football college football just never really but it's it's funny you say that you you were captain of UL right UL UL are big time now yeah, but back to back season I, I, finals. I, they never won it. They didn't win it the year you were captain either. Like that's because our players, rightly or wrongly, chose their intercounty teams. Now I I can't actually say that that's the wrong call either. Do you know, it's up to the it's yeah. pretty much up to the individual which you do. But they said I'm not risking my body here. Some of them were. I think we had Carl Lacey. He must have been twenty eight or nine. Do you know he came back to do a masters. If, he if said, you're that old, you shouldn't be playing six. True, that probably is true. But still, someone who says, you know what, I have, to, I have to choose one or the other. Yeah. yeah. It's, tricky. It's, it's tricky, though, for lads when there's scholarships involved and there's incentives and you're getting a step up in your career, you're getting a bit of a break, especially when there's so many students involved nowadays in the game. Um, yeah. You know, so, it's the one perk you kind of get, Tommy, into Like, you're getting... Um, you're getting a few, Bob. You're, you might get into a course that you mightn't have got, you know. You might get a little bit of a bump up there. It is mm. it is a, a great thing that lads are getting, but you can't risk it all then. Well, it definitely, yeah, I understand that. Teed, this needs to be teed up at the outset. If you're getting a scholarship into wherever, UL, DCU, UCD, Queens or whoever, and you're getting a scholarship and they're covering your fees or they're giving you accommodation or whatever, mm. you have to play the primary competition there. That needs to be a great start and you go to whatever county you're in and go, listen, and county managers need to accept this, go, this is my education, this is my, they're covering my college fees, I have to represent this team in the Sigerson Cup. Totally agree with Colm O'Rourke's comments, very strong comments last week and totally understandable, losing Walsh and Costello, two of the best players. But he was playing them in the, he he was playing them as well, wasn't he? This is the thing I'm saying. I he's agree. Something he's in control of there. But the, the, Jimmy, that's the point I'm making. There needs to be separation of the windows. That that I am not a fan of these preseason competitions that take up the month of January, um, the Oberon Cup, the FBD League, the McKenna Cup, and the McGrath Cup. There's a window there that the National Football League for senior intercounty teams starts the last weekend of January or the first weekend of February. Play the Sigerson Cup on the first three weeks of January. And I know some colleges have exams and stuff like that. There's a window there. If there's crossover, these things are just going to keep happening. And this year, it's Colin O'Rourke's me players. Last year, it was Tommy Connery Mayo. This is since the dawn of time. If the Sigerson yeah. Cup is on at the same time as National Leagues and under 21 Championship and club games, guys are going to get injured. 100%. It's all player welfare and stuff. And I agree 100% with O'Rourke. And it's not as easy for, say, for example, a carrier of Dublin, right? Where we've massive depth in players. If you're Desi Farley or Jack O'Connor there, you can say, look, I have guys playing college football. I can afford to not play them. Now, Jack bloody played a couple of players last year. There was more about it. But you can afford not to play them because you've such depth of players. Not every county has that luxury. Whatever their best players might be the best player in GMIT or, or DCU or UL that if they're playing in midweek, like Colin O'Rourke is trying to win and get me promoted. 
he needs to play those two boys because they're two best players he has. They're two of the best forwards he has. You think of Division 2, Paddy, he's probably just trying to stay up this year, to be yeah. honest. You know, and it's doggy dog there. And you look there's at crossover between the competitions when they're playing on a Wednesday or a Saturday or Sunday. This has got to keep cropping up. Yeah. You need to give the Sigerson its own window, either in January or played in December, even. But then you're getting into there's, the club championships are coming to an end in December as well. It's convoluted. They've amended the, the fixture calendar for club and inter county. The college is nearly the black sheep in, in all of this. But Colin O'Rourke gave it their time and I wholly agree with him. And it's got to keep happening year on year on year. Guys are going to get injured and it's not fair on the players. A couple yeah. of things on this, James, yeah. just before you come back in, I'll let you in then. The higher education have brought it back to our system into the secret. And I don't that's think that's just, helped. No, there's not, not enough room for that, right? So no, that's if we're going, complete bollocks. So there's not enough room for that. There's only going to be more and more students in the game because it's becoming a younger person's game in county football. There's only going to be more and more students because, you know, everyone says the teachers is the most viable way to be an intercounty footballer. I'm not sure if that's true anymore, but being a student is certainly the most conducive way to be able to combine your your training with the the lifestyle that's needed to compete at, at the highest level. So we're only going to see more and more students in it. The Seagerson has to be protected because these players are getting that perk, as you said, James. The last thing on this. It's a brilliant competition two. as well, though, T. Uh, but it is. But Division 2 this year, the dangers of sliding when the league is connected with the championship, which we all want, the dangers of sliding into... Talchin Cup for a Cork who have a lot of boys involved with UCC yeah. for a Clare who have five players starting for you well on Wednesday probably yeah. have another coming off the bench who could be involved on Sunday in a must-win game against Kildare and Mead who actually had I think three lads captain in Sigerson's side this year in the Mead panel and a very young panel it's just a, 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 a well, dangerous well, situation it needs well, to be sorted for next year if you're saying right and, and Jimmy you're, I, I get the point you're making right? if you're at work in charge of Mead you have to try and do a good job for me. There's massive pressure in there. You want to have your best players at your disposal and just so happens two of his best players and most high profile over the first couple of weeks of the season have been Costello and Shane Walsh. So he wants to play them. They're on scholarship in DCU. So DCU, they and I guarantee the players want to play for DCU as well and try and win the Sigerson Cup there. What a horrible situation. Like if you're O'Rourke, you kind of think, okay, I don't agree with this, but do I take a step back and just don't play them and we potentially lose those games? If those two guys aren't playing, Mead might be Cork or they might be Clare and they've lost their first two games. Or do you play them and run the risk of that? Or do you put it back on the players and tell the players, you need to tell your scholarship, your your university that you're not playing for them. That's not right for the players either. Mm. These type of things are going to crop up all the time. There's no right or wrong. The ideal scenario, of course, is Everyone is the bigger man and the players are left to play their, their college football. But the reality of that, that's not really, yeah. it's not, that, that can't really happen in the majority of counties where they don't have that depth and the luxury of saying, yeah, we'll see you after this, Sigerson. So yeah. I understand the predicament that made are in and particularly for those players. But look, it'll be someone else next year. It'll be another oh, coach next season with more injuries for players. And it was James Horan and, and Tommy Conroy last season Give it its own window or these things are going to keep happening. Go away, you're in trouble too. Yeah. James, what age oh, were you in college? James. 18, were you, were you, you were straight in at 18 into UL, were you? Yeah. Eight so you were playing... You were I didn't playing. play 18. I didn't play the first... I only played... I played one and a half years, i say. I had shoulder surgery my first two years, i say, so I didn't, I didn't play. And you're trying to break into the Kerry team at that time? Or are you there... No, I'd say win? I was more... I was settled enough maybe on the Kerry panel, I'd say. Okay. And... And I remember well, I only had one I only had one goal like and it was Kerry, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Like the, the UL it was great to be involved in all that, but if it came to it this or this, there was no there was no decision to be made for me. At the time. But yeah. But I suppose we weren't we weren't a powerhouse like UCC or something like that. I remember the UCC boys used to be obsessed with it and I we they used UCC to call guys were mad into it. They beat us Kerry lads. They had the final day with us, yeah. Yeah, so they were way more into it, but... You have to remember as well, Jimmy. You have to remember you were playing with Kerry, right? Yeah, and that was... The benefit for you was like, I'm winning, we're going for the Sam McGuire. You look at over that, even over the last couple of weeks, the players who are outstanding in the Sigerson Cup, more so than maybe the more established names, are from your smaller counties. Yeah. That's that's, that's the beauty of this competition, that there's players that you... you, Just the facts, you're not going to see them during the summer. There's not going to be big coverage for them. 
and these guys are unbelievably talented. I remember playing at DCU with some incredible players that would not get the coverage come summertime because they're not in counties that are competing to win provincial titles or to, or to win the All-Ireland. So your perspective on it, and I'll be saying yourself it, it, with Dublin, that's a, I understand that the, the focus is, is senior inter-county, but for a lot of players that play Sigerson, that's a massive, massive thing. And I, I was fortunate at DCU, we took it very seriously as well. But, but I think you always need to be conscious of that as well with the Sigerson Cup. I uh, I just missed you, Paddy, I think, by a couple of months in DCU. I was 11, 12, 13. I think you were 8, 9, 10, were you? No, I, uh, 2007. I was 12. I was 12, 13, 14. 7 till 11, I was there. 7 so to 11. We so I had, I had DCU down. Years, yeah. I had DCU down. 10 out of 10 spots in my CEO. Didn't care what I got. I just wanted to be in a football environment. Was Was football, was Sigerson football a hindrance to you at that time in your life or was it a benefit? Like I'm just thinking now of your your Dublin time, your break. You're on the Dublin panel around that time. Uh, no, it was it was a. I loved playing with, with DCU. Um, we grew, Did it affect we, you with the league or anything like that with Gilroy early on in the years? Uh, not particularly. No, I think it might be <laughs> coaches could use it as an excuse at times if they wanted to. But generally, if you're going well in the Sigerson, like the DCU team was pretty high profile. It was, it was essentially. 20 to 24 inter-county players. So if you're playing well on that team and you're getting in and performing in that team, that was noticed from, from Dublin. Possibly in the very early days, uh, my first and second year there, that would have been an opportunity that you might have got to play a Burn Cup with Dublin, but obviously you had to play a Burn Cup at the college. So, But again, if you did well in that that environment, it's, I don't think it's an hindrance, no. no. I, you didn't find it? No, and, and I, I, I challenge people who would say that it was... Um, because I think the environment that certainly at DCU when you're right Jimmy the likes of the Northern Colleges were always big on it um, and UCC would have been a big rival to where CIT actually won it one year and bet us they'd Colm O'Neill and Goulding they seemed to go big for it one of the years and they actually won it but, and UCC UCC could play county championship in Cork as well and UCD yeah. did UCD they don't do it anymore did they? UCD. No no not anymore UCC but... still do but, but no, but, but back then, the, the standard quality of football was unbelievably high for, for college football. And I think, it, look, it still is. It just doesn't get the coverage. But while you were a player in it, and particularly my time in DCU, we, we were mad for O to win it. And we, we, we fucked up a couple of years that we should have. We had a really good team, and it just didn't happen for us. Probably part of the problem, we didn't play as much as a team. And then eventually, I think it was my second last year, I was captain, and thank God, we actually won it in the end. We bet UCC. But uh, it'd have been raging, Tommy, if I went through my time with DC without winning the fucking team. I, I think I think the difference now is there's less uh, masters superstars being parachuted in. I don't for, think you're allowed, uh, are you? I don't think so. I, no, I, 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 I love DC definitely... so much. I'm back. I'm in DC. <laughs> there's a, but I bet you ten years ago, if you were back in a masters, you'd have been parachuted in, even if you're there on the Thursday night. That's what that's you're, you're saying, Jimmy, with Lacey. Like the older lad shouldn't be playing. Yeah, like, I remember playing one year. And Dick Clerker was playing with us. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you know, he's around 40. When he's he player manager. <laughs> and we well, didn't even win it. We lost. Uh, we won the league and then, uh, yeah. Well, this this week, it's going to be a cracking game. I watched both games last week. UCC just yeah. about got over the line against TUD tech, uh, in, in Dublin, um, formerly DIT. I'm going to write with that one. And uh, just about got over the line there. Um but some quality footballers in their midst. A real strong Kerry Cork mix, naturally. Um, they've Sean O'Connor from Clamell Commercials on the bench from Tip. He was the only non-Cork or Kerry player to play at the weekend. They have Dylan Foley, who started in goals against Kerry last year. In goals, very impressive. Daniel O'Mahony at full back. Morris Shanley, who's been very important to, to Cork sides recently. Rory Murphy, who you would have played with uh, in East Kerry. Yeah. Um, the Kerry panel this year is, Super is starting player. from... Yeah, and then they've Colin Manny up top, Dylan Ganey, Killian Falby from Kerry as well. There's a yeah. cracking side there, especially up up in the front. Um, the thing yeah. is, though, I, I, it's such a romanticised competition to Sigerson, but... Should it not be, though? <laughs> you should it not be. You had a bad experience. You should have come to DC. When you watch it, it's... it's it's not good, like. Oh, I disagree. I love Sigerson football. Uh, every Sigerson game I've watched has been... I'll tell been you what, those, the conditions are... Yeah, uh, every, a load of reasons brought into it. Yeah, conditions are definitely one of the main ones, but it's it's not it's not it's not good. Like I, I enjoy it. They should do it to Sigerson every year. They should play 
in Boston. Remember, it used to be the weekend. <laughs> you always play that in the dome. Oh, uh, that's a great shot. That, that could be, be good, that yeah. could be it. Move the Sigerson to the dome. I remember in January. playing Sigerson Cup games, lads. Hang on. The dome. What surface is the dome? Astro. Yeah. There'll be war. Well, all the FPD league games get played there. Play it in the dome and then you spend the weekend in Galway after them. Yeah. The, yeah. That, that, that could be the right incentive. That could be the yeah. answer. And then just to, to mention I mean, the US team. I told you. Todd Bowley. UCC, tune into this game on, on Wednesday night. It's going to be on YouTube uh, or TG Carroll. Just double check where it's on. Who's Billy biggest, Morgan. Billy Morgan and Brian Cuppard. Tommy, who's the biggest dog in the Sigurdsson Cup this year? Cliff was playing last year, obviously. Maddie Tierney. Maddie Tierney was captain, I think, with yeah. UIG when yeah. he won it. Like, who's the, who's the, like, he was playing this year, wasn't he, Tierney? Like, Owen McLaughlin is probably the most established footballer. Now he's he's playing with UL again. He scored like, the, the other day. We mentioned. We yeah, and we mentioned the previous week how his game management against Armagh was maybe a little off. He took that shot at the end when we were live on the pod, but then against DCU, when the game's in the melting pot, he buries the goal with a couple of minutes to go to kill that game we off. You should have played with DCU this year. <laughs> yeah, you should have. Uh, Connor Flaherty from Galway has been impressing in goals. I think he's playing Fitzgibbon as well with UL, so he's in goals. Sigerson and Fitzgibbon. Um, they've Jack O'Brien from the off under twenties in the UL team. Jack Coyne from Mayo. Jack Lynn from Galway. Um, young player of the year last year Owen McLaughlin in the half back line Cashman from Cork they have Ica McGarrow from Clare and Daniel Walsh from Clare Kieran Downs from Clare and Emic McMahon from Clare and Aaron Griffin from Clare starting so there's five Clare players starting Paul Keeney who's on Andy Moran's panel in Leitrim is one of their free takers he's doing very well there um, and a couple of other players like Paul Walsh from Kerry very highly rated underage obviously went over and met Ronaldinho a couple of years ago. It's been in the oh, news plenty of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walsh comes off the bench the last day with the game in the melting pot and kicks three points from, I think, a mark and two it's points to play. Yeah. It's brilliant. So like, I don't know. Is this for the Is this for the bothered? Is he bothered with playing county football or what's the story with him like? No, he is. He is definitely, yeah. But that Ronaldinho story was an absolute classic. It's amazing. He he was writing to him on Instagram and I think he was talking to a friend of Ronaldinho's there. his brother. It was his brother. <laughs> brother, yeah, but... They brought, yeah, well, anyway, he landed over to the airport anyway. Why not? I mean, for the, the brother to collect him. <laughs> Put him into the car. He could have been taken anywhere. Well, yeah, it's and risky. Like. It's high risk. High risk, high reward. Like. And next thing, he was waiting outside the house, I think, for hours. And eventually then Ronaldinho came down and let him in. And yeah. they were going to keep you up. Like? Reason. A few huh? bargles, like, or what? Must have been the beer, surely. I think we, we, I actually got him on OTBAM. When this happened a couple of oh, days yeah. after, yeah, he tells the story. He's his cousin. Did you? Friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound. But there was a lot of trust involved. There was a lot of trust yeah. involved. That's, that's one way of putting it. Go back and listen to it. It's well worth digging out and listening to. I can't it's remember. Lovely, the story he's a lovely sure. fella, Paul. Yeah. And he got a serious goal there a couple of weeks ago in the series and lobbed the keeper. Yeah, sensational. Uh, he's got a lot of skill. Yeah, a lot of he's class. He's not getting on that team, but he came on and changed that game, I think. He's making an impact, yeah. Declan Browder's UL team. So look, keep an eye on that game during the week. And as you mentioned, uh, the Hogan Cup semi-finals as well. Um, the draw was made there. So one bit of business before we move on. And this may be sorted. I hope it's sorted by the time next week's pod comes along. But Aidan Nugent of Armagh tweeted in the last hour, just before we started recording, that there's an issue with player expenses. Again. What's new? There was an issue last year where expenses were getting being paid. It got ironed out eventually, but Nugent tweeted, Intercounty training officially allowed back on 24th of November and players haven't received a penny of expenses up to this point. Players, in brackets, especially student athletes with no other income, are out of a lot of money in the middle of a cost of living crisis. There's not enough being said about it. Players generate massive amounts of money each year for the GEA. The least we're owed is the expenses that we get promised paid on time. Done a little bit of digging around this. It is an issue. Sherlock Holmes there, go on. Yeah, a little bit of data. <laughs> it is an issue. It seems like the uh, the tech systems in the GA weren't updated on time. <laughs> so, you know, this is hopefully... This is the latest GA thing. Like. We hopefully can add this to, yeah, them calling Paddy Clifford, Paddy Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hopefully the twenty yeah, million occupied with the Glenn Kilmacook Crokes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd say in fairness some of that, but hopefully the twenty million generated last year from Ed Sheeran and Garrett Brooks may go a little bit towards updating the system a little bit quicker. Is all I'm saying. But like, hopefully that's going to be sorted this week. There's been a new system put in place. Apparently it's the business. That's not that was only uh, launched properly last week. Um, but it's a long time. Players have gone without being paid here. And as Nugent mentioned in that tweet, it must be a huge frustration and stress, especially for students 
we are just talking about the male players here at the minute, not even speaking about the female situation, which is completely different and, and off the charts in terms of the, what they get. But it must be a huge stress, especially for players commuting up and down the country that may be training three, four nights a week, traveling back at their own expense. Um, it's a big issue. The basic is they should be paid. Um, and hopefully that gets sorted very quickly. I'm hearing that. Always clearly say no one should be out of pocket, but particularly situations like that where you're on their own. Boys travel from Dublin back home, like say two or three times a week. That could be a hundred quid a go. Yeah. yeah. And if you're a student, you just haven't got that. There's your scholarship when you get out the window straight away. You know, it's just, we've always said it. And I don't think there's anyone who disagrees with this across the GA landscape. Players should not be out of pocket playing inter-county, representing their, representing their county. So, I'm sorry to say, it played what, 12 or 13 years. This is not a new thing. There's always an issue around the expenses, the, the manner in which they're paid. The, the, it is months. I'm not surprised that look, we're in the second week of February and people haven't got expenses. Mm. That will be par for the course, in my own experience. Jimmy, you're probably we're saying something similar. It's it's yeah. not like you're getting it month on month and it's like clockwork. It's no. We used to get it twice a year. And then... Do you know what we had one time? A fella called John Costello above in Limerick used to drive us down. Drive three of us down. A uh, massive Kerry fan. Out of the goodness of his heart nearly drive us down and he'd, they'd, he'd get an all Ireland ticket then maybe at the, end of, at the end of the year if Kerry got there. If Kerry wow. didn't get there, I don't know what he got. <laughs> yeah. The, the was like, common boys. Oh, was common boys. Final ticket. It was, was common, such a, an, There was common boys used to get a bus. You used to see them all, nine of them packing in from TCU at about three yeah. o'clock and coming home at about 12 and Cabin that's probably boys. a good crack as well for everyone to be together like that. Maybe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you get sick of that travel after a while. Three hours back to Atlone, two hours back to Atlone. Yeah, better crack to be had in college. <laughs> there is, to be fair. <laughs> Copper to the the Tuesday. Wednesday morning lecture was always a tough one to get yeah, to. Yeah, never ideal. <laughs> yeah, but... No, um, back then. That's what we're hearing. Uh, tech system needs to be updated. It has been done, so took a while. It's finished. The other issue is that uh, seemingly the six counties, the Sterling is proven an issue too so hopefully that's ironed out over the next little while and uh, all those counties get paid there was an insinuation that it's it's all on the GA it's not all on the GA it's actually up it's between the county boards and the GA to pay um, the players their expenses in fairness to Arma, I've heard that their county list has been submitted for a number of weeks now so that isn't the issue there so hopefully that's all ironed out and uh, all the students and players get their expenses because uh we get great entertainment from them every week, which we're going to be talking about next, which is round three of the football leagues, lads, on the football pod. Um, that's it. James, good to have you home. We're going to come back now. You're going to stay with us now for the second half of the pod. You ditched us last week. I, the Merseyside Derby is on. I might slip no, off again. Don't tell Paddy you have it on the background there. Right? <laughs> the football pod is brought to you every week by AIB, proud sponsor of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. This is episode five. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us so far this season. Spread the word to any of your friends that aren't listening yet, because they should. We're back right after this, talking about round three of the National Football Leagues. All right, Joe, welcome back to episode five of the Football Pod. Football is back this week. Sigerson final is Wednesday night. As we were talking about a little earlier in the pod, UL against UCC. Make sure you keep an eye on it that evening. I know Arsenal City are on. I know there's Champions League. But no matter what James Dunhu says, Sigerson football can be good to watch. <laughs> Moving on Sunday uh, Division 1 games Let's start here Actually before we get into that Paddy the, This kind of mini break That happens During the league What is that like For counties Like are, are you Refocusing Are you learning From what you've already Done so far are you, Is there a bit of Self-reflection Or are you just getting Dogged in training uh, oh, Run a bit harder um, I'm just trying to think My own experience of, It's probably a little bit Of a break For a lot of teams That like, You're talking about A Nugent there Teams were back towards the end of November. I would have been flat out um, to try and hit the game running in the first two league games. Um, and then it's a bit of a pause. And I would say, I remember a lot of times we would have trained very hard uh, for those three or four weeks and played the first couple of games. And you'd nearly get about, nearly get four or five days away from the camp, mm-hmm. away from training for, for this window. Um, and then you might come, so say the, the guys would have played. The previous weekend, I'd say a lot of teams might have had four or five days away and came back to it. The weekend just gone. There'll be a lot of conversations around this. I remember that big time and I'd say a lot of inter-county teams over the last 10 days have had conversations reviewing, okay, we've the first block, the first two games of the National League, what went well, what hasn't worked for us. Um, 
these type of things we're trying to work on, they're not really happening for us. But a lot of reflection from every coach and, and all the players and that. Uh, and then they'll ramp up. I, I think the standard, in my experience, Jimmy, you might agree, the standard always felt like it went up in the next tranche of games. Like the first two games is kind of finding your feet, getting into it. I'm sure we'll start to see uh, over these next couple of weekends, the big dogs from the big county starting to get back on the pitch. We are like Polly Clifford was an example the last day. He got a couple of minutes against Monaghan, but I, I think a lot of the big players from the big teams will be starting to come back and see game time over the next two weeks. So this period is nearly like a fresh start again. What hasn't worked in the first two weeks, but with Dublin, we definitely would have had a lot of time talking about, okay, these things haven't worked or these things have worked and really focusing on the next two or three games. Um, and there's some massive games this weekend. So the standard, I think, will go up. The weather hopefully will continue to get a little bit better um, as you're just your championship is just around the corner. That was always my experience with this with the second block of the National League. Would you get a mini break, James? Would you, you know, yeah, cross the mountains over Patty the corner? It was like <laughs> I think as Patty said, it was like a phase, a phase finished. So mentally you can park it. Yeah. Because you didn't really have any. I remember not really having too many team goals at the start of the league because you didn't really know how you were going to get on for the first two two games. Maybe personally, you'd have your you'd want to be playing well and everything. But as a team reset, once you've two games under the belt, you can kind of start setting maybe some goals for the league, and you kind of fall into categories. Are we in a in a in a relegation fight here, or are we going to push for the for the final to make the final? So it kind of gives you a bit of mental clarity. But definitely, as a player, it's a great time to just park that hard training block. You're yeah. not going into training fearing those runs or whatever <laughs> you were doing. You're going out playing football for a couple of weeks and trying to stay fit, stay fresh. Um, so I think the players are going to be facing into a nice period. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's kind of um, it's kind of most enjoyable period because they got game on game. Yeah. Training is going to be relatively easy. No distractions of anything else. And they have their goals set. My big uh, memories from it, everything was a little bit sharper now. Yeah. From this point, yes, like, like I say, the, the more established or the, the kind of star players were starting to be eased back into the team. And we would have used a lot of the first two league games. We would have had some pretty out there teams, lots of different guys playing, guys getting opportunities. That's definitely starting to be eased off as you go into this stage of the league. And I think you'll see that from a lot of the big teams. But my sense was, you're right, January was always just fucking hard going. Like, like you're match or not at the weekend or being flogged and you could probably see that in some of the results mm. <laughs> from the first two league games uh, we're looking at maybe someone like Kildare really flat performance I wouldn't be surprised to hear that they would have done some savage training in the lead up to that game whereas now you start getting a real sense of where teams are at over the next two three games that these next two or three weeks um, but the standard I always felt went up it got a little bit quicker a little bit sharper um, and the tests like I say, you could start to smell championship, particularly now when the, the championship brought forward a couple of months as well. So I, I think the games are going to get even better starting yeah. this weekend. Good to hear that. And we'll certainly have an idea after this weekend of who are the contenders and who are up for relegation fodder. And on one of the games we're going to talk about here, they are definitely two contenders. I have to say, Roscommon and Armagh look like the winners of that are putting themselves in the mix to be uh, up there at the top of the league. So we're going to learn a lot about both of those teams and their ambitions. They're both top of the table at the minute. was coming on four points, Armagh on three after that late dramatic draw against Mayo at the weekend. It's going to be live in TG Car. James, the Rossies are at home this week. They have had two very similar wins in the nature. They've mm-hmm. stuck in against Tyrone. They, they stayed in it uh, with Galway away from home. The bench made a massive difference both days. Three goals against Tyrone got them over the line uh, with a kind of a late surge in the last 10 minutes and against Galway again um, came back to win later on just edging ahead with an injury time winner from Richard Hughes. How do you see this one going? Proper test of what Roscommon are about this early in the year. Yeah, this is a massive test. Two games under their belt. They obviously have a lot of work done. You know, they look kind of ahead of teams maybe physically. They're very strong at home. You know, it's a tough place to go at times when the wind is howling and and the crowd is up and they love those home games and they'll get results at home. And from what I've seen of Armagh, they're going well enough, but there's definitely another gear in Armagh. So I think that Roscommon, if they can get a kind of stranglehold in that game early, they can keep Armagh down. From what I said, from what I've seen of Armagh from last week, 
they're finding it hard to get those handy scores. You know, they're getting a lot of frees and they're getting a lot of great scores, but they're kind of finding it hard to chip in those kind of nice handy ones. And why is in, that? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, th- they play beautiful football, Arma. They do. They're actually nearly the most attractive team to watch. Even Rafferty's coming in. He's pinging balls into full forward line. They're winning it. They're getting off the shoulder. I suppose it probably is maybe a skills thing. If you looked at Armagh last year, do you remember they played Dublin and Crow Park and their skills yeah. were on point? They did not drop a ball. Their hands, yeah. Their handling was phenomenal and it was so good to see. They were baiting the ball at each other and they were just sticking it. Whereas against Mayo, it was it. they were dropping. It was coming back at them. So those kind of easy scores, they weren't coming because their skills are probably off. And do you think that's... So actually, a definite, like a done on purpose, given the manner in which the year went last year, that they peaked in the league, they got a trim in against Donegal, and they then came back, obviously, into it, uh, beating Donegal, Toronto. Yeah, and it could be. You know, every team kind of approaches differently. You could see from Dublin they hadn't taken out the footballs at all in the first couple of weeks of training. You could see that Armagh probably might be something similar. You know, they're letting they're letting something there to work on. Um, but if if they can if they can kind of tidy up their skills, they can get more scores. They still kick seventeen against Mayo, which is good scoring. Mm. But a lot of them were kind of handy frees. And but, but that, that was the, the worry about them, Jimmy. I thought for the Mayo, they were impressive in the first half, and they really had Mayo on toast in that first half. Like we spoke about it last week, Mayo, well, their structure wasn't bad. They just weren't really testing their man defense. And then once their man turned them over, that chaotic style of play, which is normally Mayo's forte. That's what Armagh thrive on that as well. The way they play, yeah. it's all action, it's all energy. There's just, and this is not just now, this season, over the last number of years, there, there's an inconsistency issue within Armagh that we, we, we see how high they can get, but you'd nearly be happier instead of being a nine one week and then there are five the following week if they could be an eight every week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's the, the experience the team gets uh, we saw McGeaney, Donaghy, these guys, they were really experienced coaching team. They've been there a number of years. But, but for Armand to take that step, and we've seen it last year's league, they started off like a house on fire and kind of faded away. Same, they started the championship really slowly and then came roaring back into it as well. For Armand, all the, the, the materials are there for Armand to be one of the top teams. Not knocking on the door, kind of hoping to get in, to be one of the top teams. Um. No doubt they'd be looking to try to win the Ulster Championship, particularly, see, Derry kind of coming out of nowhere to win it last year. But Armagh, for me, I, I, I think for, for Sunday, for them, that would be a big win for them to go there, win away from home, to beat Ross Common, who are confident. But for Armagh, you want that consistency in their play. And like, not, we're seeing inconsistencies in the same match, never mind from week to week. So for Kieran McGeaney and for those guys, I think they put out a reasonably strong team here and they look to pick up two points there. And for Roscommon, on the other side, the first phase of the league that we're talking about, that's one of the biggest things they've got from that. A bit of consistency, back-to-back performances, back-to-back victories. We've, to be honest, ridiculed Roscommon in the past on this podcast that, similar to our man, they're brilliant one week and then the next week they're, they're terrible, they're too easy to play against. So it's a really intriguing game. I didn't expect Roscommon to be in this position, top of the table after two games and if they can pick up another win by beating Armagh what an amazing start for Davy Burke and the momentum they have but I'm expecting Armagh to come in there well, for, I'm hoping for their sake that they get a really consistent 70 minute performance um, and I'm sure that's a big big focus for for, for Kieran McGinney and, and his coaching team yeah, I think that, that when the game when the game is slow some people or some teams kind of thrive on the slow game and when his body's back, they can work it slowly and next thing, punch a hole, get a handy score, sit up again. I think that's where I'm just falling at the moment. When it's fast and they can ping it and catch it and get off the shoulder, they seem to be able to get those scores. But you need to get the slow ones that really puncture the opposition as well. Like Dublin used to get them all the time. They put the fist up in the air. They say, right, we'll take this attack slowly. Make sure we don't do anything stupid. Don't lose the ball and get into you know a shooting position. It's usually the half forward line or half back that gets a score in that in that time because the opposition drops people back in front of the full forward line that you're nearly ruling them out, and then someone from back to field has to come up and chip it. So I think if they can get if they can get a few points in that area, it'll make the world. That's like the Armagh have players like that. Charlie Burns, they obviously have Rafferty, most famously coming up the pitch as well. They've guys that can break that from deep. So 
it is intriguing to see Armagh one of those teams that on the whole it was a, a positive enough season last year despite the, the bit of a disaster they had in Bally Buffet that they were kick away in penalties from getting to an All-Ireland semi-final their goal for this season no doubt about it would be I'd say they would have had a cut off the National League that is a target and win the Ulster Championship and if you win the Ulster Championship right in the mix for the All-Ireland so you want to start seeing that what is, and that's what I mean not just for Armagh but for, for any team that has aspirations these next two or three weeks you want to start seeing teams putting down markers and saying right these guys are going to be contenders in the summer and that starts on Saturday and Sunday this week for a lot of teams yeah, yeah. do you know it's, it'll be interesting right you know when Armagh only came into Division 1 that was their first year last year in Division 1 after a bit of a break wasn't it mm. so they came up they probably didn't know how they were going to fare in that. They probably didn't have, you know, a plan to rattle the league. Whereas yeah. this year, this year, they put down a good league last year, had a great start, kind of fell away. This year, right, they've had a good start. They've had a chance to get away now for two weeks and seriously say to themselves, lads, there's a national title here for us if we actually go at this properly over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. They kind of need, they need that run to kind of we, verify we themselves. The we use the example of Monaghan for years, uh, start with Malachi O'Rourke and then Banty and these guys that they were a solid Division 1 team. That, that They won a couple of Ulster Championships, but they wouldn't have won those Ulster Championships if they were yo-yoing up and down for Division 1 and Division oh. 2. Monaghan were in Division 1 for the guts of six, seven years. Really, really they were a solid Division 1 team. Mm-hmm. And that's that was a base that they built on. They won a couple of Ulster Championships out of it. And you can see, when we get them on at Donegal this weekend, that, that record in Division 1, I feel, is under massive threat for Vinnie Curry this year. But but that's the type of thing you're looking for, our man. That there's a consistency in their play. that they're, they're, they're known. We're a solid Division 1 team. We're in the top six to eight teams in the country, no matter what. And Monaghan had that for years, and they won a couple of Ulster Championships. That's who you feel... That's a model I think our man should be looking at to, to consolidate their place at the top table. Um, and like I said, the opportunity, he's kind of looking at Kerry probably, Deroy probably isn't on the National League. Galway, you would have thought would have had a big National League, but their injuries are kind of derailing them. Good news for them that Damian Comer isn't out for the season, but he's not going to play the National League again. So they're probably not going to be in the mix to, to win the National League. If you're our man, 100% you're looking going, this is, this is an opportunity for national title. Like, for sure. Yeah. And like, you talk about the momentum behind Roscommon. If they get that win, that's only give them going to give them the belief to to go on that little bit further. And nobody would have them there. Like we we certainly didn't have them as uh, contenders for the league title. But in fairness to them, there's trophies in that dressing room. Roscommon they have done their yo-yo in, but they've won a couple of Connacht titles, a couple of Division Two titles over the last couple of years. Interestingly, and it's it's hard to draw too much into it because five years ago was a long time in football. Uh, Roscommon uh, hammered Armagh in Port Leash in 2018 uh, in the final qualifier game to get into the Super 8s. That was a big, big move for their development. They both got promoted in 2020. So that Armagh had two years in the Division 1, James. Um, both promoted together from Division 2. was common at beating them by four points in the league. But in the relegation playoff in 2021, that summer, Armagh hammered Roscommon by nine points in their uh, athletic ground to send them down. So that was the last time these two met two years ago, June 21. So uh, it'll be tight. Armagh slight favourites going into this one according to the yeah. bookies, but it's going to be tight in the height. I think it'll be a very good game. Yeah, the weather's reasonable, but it's very interesting. And like, this is what happened with the National League. You feel like this this could be a big game in the trajectory of how the season will go for either of these teams. Like, like yeah. if Roscommon are beaten, Armagh come down and do a job on them and kind of beat them by four or five points. Does that take all the momentum out of Roscommon that they've already built up or if they win that again, does this all of a sudden the Rossies are thinking we can win the Connacht Championship here? We're in the mix in the National League. Are we putting to bed some of the doubts that that have yeah. been there in the past? That Davy Burke is he now the man? They're all rolling behind them because we, we said it. New coach comes in the first couple of games. That initial impact you have is so crucial. Mm. And if you're at Davy Burke there, no matter what you're telling those lads, they're listening because it's. We've two from two. Anything sure. this guy says goes. And if they go pick up another win against Armagh on, uh, at the weekend, I think it could be a massive game for them in that regard as well. So there's a couple of these type of games at the weekend yeah. where you'll get a real sense of where the team is going in 2020. Yeah. 
we we better rattle through a few of them here. Uh, mention Monaghan Donegal, 100% relegation playoff. That is going to be a game we're talking about next week. So we'll be chatting 100%. about that on episode six of the football pod. You mentioned Damien Comer's injury isn't as bad as it was initially feared, but he is out for the league. So Galway are going to be up against it. Finnerty is out too. Uh, Walsh, I don't think is back yet. He's been away for a couple of weeks. Probably not too far away. Uh, they're up against Tyrone. We mentioned the two Canavans were in the 26th the last day. Well, Rory was playing in the under-20 development league during the week. He kicked nine points. They drew at Mead. Apparently, Rory Canavan was just, again, kicking spinners from everywhere uh, in that game. So I don't know whether Rory is going to get a run in the twenty in the starting team for Tyrone in the league. But uh, if if I'd say Tyrone fans are crying out for it at this stage, they could probably do it a little bit of a, a boost in that attack. They had a goal win against Donegal the last day. Let's just talk about Mayo and Kerry. Saturday night, live on TG Carr. It's in Castlebar. I don't think Jack O'Connor is going up to Castlebar without a full deck of cards. Mm-hmm. Are we hearing Ooh. that Paddy? He obviously came off the bench the last day. Paddy could start. Uh, Jack had said initially that they give the Foster boys a break, but he'd want David back around this time of the year. So David Clifford could be back. Anyone else we could expect back? Should we see Paul Ganey or Stephen O'Brien, or is it too early for them yet? I think it's too. From what we're hearing, it's too early for Paul. He had he had an ankle issue that he got tidied up. Stephen is still out as well, but Shawnee Shea should be back um, for placing the panel. Uh, David Clifford should be back for placing the panel, what we're hearing. And then you'd imagine the party will will be starting. Okay. So, Kerry, are going to You say Shawnee Shea is back as well? Shawnee Shea will be back, yeah. <laughs> well, Jack did an interview and he said that Shawnee's expecting to be back and he's hoping for him to be back. And Jack is going to push for all these fellas to be back, especially for me. Throw straight in. Will he throw? He'd hardly throw the cliff straight in, would he? I think he'll probably keep him. I'll keep him on the bench, I'd say, and bring him on. There'll be a massive reaction from the crowd. Like that's that's a and big it, play to bring the boys. That'd be a big game. Like. That'd be hard to in Castle Barley. I'd have had Mayo win in that one, Lance. But Jack, if the cliff is what back. I know of him, he he that game is worth four points. If he thinks that Mayo are going to be in contention, in contention later on in the year, he'll want to go there and put down a marker. The thing is, I don't think the carry are where everyone else is yet physically. No, they're not. So they're go- they might go up fully loaded in the panel, but I don't think he'll he'll risk him from the start. That's what I'd imagine. You're, you're right though, Jimmy, is that we spoke with this before. Uh, there are certain games you target in the league. Like. Yeah. You and can't go over and roll over in some of them. No, a Mayo for us was always one, particularly if it was away in Castle Park. We, re- we really got up for the away games more so than the ones yeah. in yeah, uh, you, you get a bit there. of an atmosphere at the away games, though. Yeah, no, well, you guys down oh, the street, oh, always... rather than a soulless croaker. Yeah, that's that's what, but that took away from a lot of games. Like, if we were, we yeah. played G and Croker a couple of times in the league, and it's just not the same. Like, yeah, whereas yeah. we, if we were going to Tralee, if we we're going to Castle Bar, or going to Albo was another one, or up to Donegal sometimes as well. Oh, there were games that we'd look in January and be like. Mm. They're character builders. Yeah, character free. Yeah. Forget, forget about the, guns, the young guns aren't getting much of a look in in those games. It's forget about potentially, yeah. You could see Jacko going yeah. big on Saturday night. Forget about the league final for a minute, right? Because that was a catastrophe. But I was at the <laughs> Terry Mayo game in Tralee last year. Yeah, I was honey trapped. Yeah. I was honey trapped by James O'Donoghue. He told me he'd be there, but it was pissing rain, so he didn't bother his arse going from Killarney over was- to Tralee. I was there, was I? No, you went for points wherever you were. You were meant to meet me at the yeah, game. Priorities. Oh, I was in Dingle. I was at Stag, was I? You were at a Stag. You were meant to go to the game. Anyways. Important, Jimmy. That's the main thing. Schieffer <laughs> came with me and we got soaked in the bottom, the bottom of the stand. There wasn't even a cover above us, but it was an unbelievable, I had great crack anyway, unbelievable game that night. I think Kerry won by a point, 112-14. Tony Brosnan kicked 1-2. The Cliff kicked the late free to get them over the line. But that game, the intensity of that game, we mentioned the tackles that went into Galway Mayo in that first game of the league, the intensity of that night, it was a statement setter. Mayo were coming to town and they were standing up and they did so much more than they did in the league final in April. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be probably something similar to that. There'll be a lot of tackling. The ball's probably not moving as fast as it will be in the summer, which will probably suit Mayo. But I just know, I just know from Jack, as much as everyone in Kerry said, the league's probably not for Kerry this year. He was fuming after Donegal. Like you could tell in the interview. Yeah, you could see the head of After they were beaten, he was disgusted. He does not like losing. So as much as you say, you know, yeah, I'm not sure about the league. 
he's going to be going after that game at Casabar. I know that for a fact. I think that'll be the game of the week. Obvious statement, but I think that's the game of the weekend. Yeah. Um, McStay as well will want to pick up a win. Two draws. Yeah. It's probably more important for, for McStay and Mayo, isn't it? I think so, yeah. And again, he was, he was putting some positive spin in his post-match interview after yeah. our back game for a man whose team had just thrown away a five-point lead eight minutes at the injury time. Um, but like, it, yeah. this is where Jack and Kerry are going there and they know that would be a massive win for McStay and that Mayo team. Huge. Yeah. The crew, it'd be full house. And if they go and turn over the All Ireland champions, it like it gets them up and running. Like it gets, it gets train. where yeah. Aiden O'Shea kicks a couple of scores, McStay gets his first win. Like Jacko doesn't want to let that happen. Not on his watch. And that's why and to hear that the, look, some of the big guns are coming back. Like I say, there's no bigger guns to come back than the Cliff and Sean O'Shea and these guys. So yeah, that will be. I think there'll be, big, there'll be a big crowd at the game. There'll be a big audience watching it. It's two of the big teams going up against each other. And this is a, it's one of the standout games in the National League. Yeah. You think that actually McStay would, like, would refer back, if they win that game, yeah. they oh, win, it's massive for them. He can refer back to it for the rest of the year. Yeah. Oh, this would be in the book. Capable of. The documentary. Like. Come on. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> that night, already, no, Amazon you. Prime, there'll be this. Time. You know, yeah. it could be AIB did a great documentary where it was common when McStay was in charge. Maybe he let us in behind the wire this year. That Probably happen. not, but uh, okay, maybe another time. There you go. So, anyways, feast of football on this weekend. Yes, you're right about Mayo Kerry. That's on TG Carr Saturday night. We're going to come back to Division Two in a minute. Uh, Derry Mead is live on RT on Saturday night. On Sunday mm-hmm. on TG Carr, Galway Tyrone is live on the TG Carr app. And it'll also be deferred coverage on the TV. Roscommon Armagh is on the TV with TG Carr, and also Cork and Dublin in Division 2. And then in Division 3 on the BBC iPlayer, I, somebody better reach out and tell us how we can get this. Fermanagh uh, down, is it? Down south. Uh, Fermanagh. We, we can't down. do iPlayer, can we? There must be a way of getting around it. I know. It's not all VPNs working anymore. We have to figure that out. Anyways, Division 3. Uh, I mentioned last week that Westmead and Longford was the Midlands of Classico. I actually think I made a mistake. Westmead Longford is more like Barcelona against Espanyol. This um, weekend, the Midlands of Classico has taken place. Westmead against Offaly. And that is a top of the table clash uh, in a lot of ways because Offaly are on four points, Westmead are on two. And if Westmead want to go up to Division Two this year and justify their place in my power rankings, I probably have them a little bit too high. They need to win that game. I, so that's going to be a good game. I was picking up Liam Curls and Offaly and I like their chance, but I don't think they're going to beat Westmead. Like I said, I have... Oh. Maybe colours to the mass on Division 3. Even though Cavan pipped him the first day, I think Westmead will win that one. Okay. And I tell you what, they'd want to be winning it. They need to. Uh, they did put in a big performance last day against Longford and yeah, actually just played over line against Fermanagh. Cavan are playing Longford. Longford are bottom of the table. The worst Cavan scoring difference. All yeah. night long. Loyal so, uh, Worst scoring difference across the four divisions Longford have. So that is a tricky game for them against Cavan. Fermanagh are playing down as you mentioned and Tip are playing Antrim Andy McEntee and Antrim could do with getting a win against Tip who are you know in big bother with Connor Sweeney Connor Sweeney being out and in Division 4 a couple of the big games Wicklow London's on Saturday night Uh, that is going to be a tight game for Russian McConville he's looking to get his first win up against a London side that very easily could have beaten Leitrim with 14 men the last day um Kevin McCarthy, who would have played with Kerry a couple of years ago, is uh, on the Kerry on the London panel. He was played super eights and leagues. Oh, very talented footballer, James Gallagher, James Gallagher, who's a brother of Owen Gallagher on the Galway panel, is playing apparently as a absolute powerhouse in Division Four, and uh, will make a big impact. And there's a couple of uh, Roscommon players, uh, young lads that were involved before, that are on that team too. So London have a decent squad as always and they will be causing damage I would say to a couple of teams in Division 4 Sligo playing Waterford um, Waterford hoping to get a win they didn't get a win last year hoping to get a win this year Carlo up against Leash that's a big game for Leash to assert their credentials Carlo are in third place in three points and Wexford and Leitrim is a big game on Sunday Wexford without a win so far Leitrim two from two Division 2 as we mentioned Derry Mead on Saturday night on TV Cork and Dublin on Sundays on TV I'll be going to Ennis to see Clare and Kildare, which is a must-win game for both teams, and Louder playing Limerick. Um, neither of those sides have a win yet. We're going to learn a lot. We mentioned about Division 1, about the teams that we're going to know more about. We're going to learn a lot about Division 2 after this weekend, lads, because Kildare no, need a win. 
Killer need a win. We'll know if Mead are the real deal. And this could be a bit of a test for the dubs down in Cork, Paddy. Yeah, probably will be. And that, like I said, there's probably six or seven big games this weekend across the divisions where you get a real sense. As, as good as the first two games are, that tranche is gone. I think you get a sense of, of these games. And for Dublin and for Cork, Cork have been a bit Je- Jekyll and Hyde. You know, very, very, very disappointed after a decent opening quarter on the, on the first day against Mead. The rest of that game was a bit of a disaster. Just so porous in defence. Um, but then they turned it around going to Newbridge with, I would say, the standout performance across all the divisions. The standout results, most certainly, to go and do that to, uh, to Kildare. And having Dublin come to town, come to Porky Cueve, the game's on TV. I think there'll be a big crowd there. There'll be big interest in this game. And for both teams. Yeah. Dublin have kind of got under the radar. They haven't really had to, to get out of second, second gear the, the opening night against Kildare and then a pretty low-key game against Limerick in the Gaelic grounds. But this is one of the biggest games they're going to get in the National League. So I think it'll be a fascinating game uh, and see exactly, you'll see where teams are at. You'll see for Cork, no doubt, they will look at, at, at like say, talking about targeting games, Dublin coming to Porky Cueve. This is a game that Cork would have had circled in red that's a performance that they're looking to give. So I think it'd be a really, really interesting game to see. Is it Parky Creeve? Yeah. Just, just, just where, where, where are the real Cork? Is it, is it what we see it against Mead where it was a bit, bit too nice or is it that kind of, that really, really standout performance against Kildare where he overran them, bullied Kildare is, the, is what we're going to see. I don't know. And that's, yeah. we don't know, but it, I'm intrigued to see. We'll be, we'll be keeping a close line. If I was, you if asked I there, was Cork there, I'd have been putting Parky a concert down in Parky Creek. I'd be <laughs> wondering. Katie yeah. Taylor. Why? Taylor. Tell, tell us why. You're mad for them on a tight pitch. I'm telling you, Cork love a tight field. They absolutely loved it above a Newbridge. Love it in Parky Rin. And do you know what's going to, might be a factor in Division 2 is score difference. Like if... Dublin could rack up a massive score at home to someone there in Crow Park, you know. But if Cork can keep them to a low score down there, even if they're beaten, just by keep it tight, that'll put them in a great position for the for the promotion places or even for the top four in terms of getting into the into Sam Maguire. Yeah. I think I think that that's a big game. That top is a very big game. It's a massive game as well this weekend for Meath. Yeah. Meath have been scoring goals. Gary aren't going to give Meath Handy goal, do you know? They're going to have to earn him. It's, no, it's an old reflection of me yeah. this weekend. Yeah, it's Those a very, very tough game for them. The, the style of play there he have, they're very, very difficult to break down. I, I'll tell you there, right? Mead's style of play, what they've done in the first two games, is not going to work in this game. If you're trying to kick the ball long, kick the ball, kick the ball long into Derry's defensive setup, that is not going to work. So even though it's quite early in Mead's development, they'll need to be a lot more economical with their possessions. Now, I understand that that might be a bit of a contrast that our workers, I'm sure he's come in and the coaches, you want to kick the ball, get the ball up the pitch quickly. But I wonder, at the, they're probably not at that phase yet to be able to kind of... No, no, I, no I, I think they're, absolutely. they're very much... They'll I kick the ball. Yeah. They don't think they are, and that's why I think they're going to struggle up here. But I think they'll take massive lessons from this game because you're getting, this is a... In terms of Division 2, this is nearly as good as it gets, you know, playing Derry or the Dubs, but Derry's defensive system is something that Mead, if they wanted to start progressing and becoming a top team and competing to win provincial championships and trying to get into Division 1, they need to be able to learn to develop and play against this type of system. Um, What we've seen in the first two weekends, as good as they've been and the goals they've racked up, you would think that that is far more uh, unlikely to happen against this type of, of setup that Derry will have at the weekend but it'll be a valuable lesson for them as well mm. or they might it'd be interesting to see they might try something completely different but I was thinking um, a marriage of styles there's a lot of players there used to playing a certain style away for a number of years under McIntyre you see the goal they got against Ian Maguire uh, five of them hounded him on the 45 overturned them goal four seconds later um, that running style mixed up with a bit of kicking might make a difference. They might get a bit of breeding room now with the Sigerson being over and so many players being off the panel there. I will mention that last year Derry needed to beat Mead and Park Talton, and in the 68 minute, Mead were winning 211 to 12 points, and yeah. Derry scored one forward out response in the last 10 minutes to win that game. So Owen Beg is going to be a different story, though. 
So uh, that'll be on TV. So we'll get a good view of them. So uh, it's even nice the, having the all these games on TV. It gives us a bit of a chance to get stuck into them. And it does. It's analysis. a big weekend. Looking forward to it. Big, yeah. big weekend of football games. It's going to be great. Matches. We'll be glued to the TVs, lads. And uh, yeah, James, you're not going to make the trip down to Parky Cueve, are you? No. Not this week. Okay, we'll have to get you uh, I might go to Castle Bar. I see. Oh, that'll oh, be interesting. I, see. Okay. I could. Um, I, I went up tempted. to a couple of those, couple of the away games up, up in... Um, Castle Bar and in Galway and they're great they're class yeah I'm sure it's deadly isn't it yeah it's savage yeah savage that's good so we'll see nice one lads good work James uh, are you going to power through or are you going to hit the hay now and beat off the jet lag or what are you going to do Have four I got, I got my night there. skip on the plane so I'll try and go to bed around 10 I reckon Okay. I'll probably be looking at the scene it took me a the game here Monday night football four yeah. cans and hit the hay Exactly. The game I, I needed was a snooze fest of a game, really. Well, hopefully it will be. You know what's a great a great sport to nod after? Snooker. What about golf? Yeah, maybe the first two rounds of golf. Yeah. I golf. find golf. And so the, the weekend in golf, though. The weekend. So relaxing. Golf was good yesterday, no? Was watching it. Yeah. Okay, boys. Good work. Well done, Thanks lads. for listening into the football pod to everyone at home. Thanks for joining us once more this week. We'll be back next Monday with the football pod so stay tuned and uh, get in touch with any questions or thoughts for the boys as well Paddy James be good cheers Tom cheers Paddy talk to you soon hello gents